Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast. If you are new, thank you so much for joining me. If you're a returning listener or subscriber on YouTube, thank you so much as well. As always, if you resonate with anything in this episode, please don't hesitate to share it onto your Instagram stories or Facebook or wherever so we can get this topic out in front of more people. Today's topic is going to be about how do you transition out of a deficit and maintain your results. So what we know about fat loss is actually that we're not too bad at fat loss. A lot of people can get a fat loss result, but where they struggle is being able to maintain their results long term. Now, whilst I don't actually believe the stat is correct that, you know, the 95% or whatever of all diets don't work because that's not true. The diets in and of themselves work. Like I said before, the struggle that a lot of people have is actually being able to maintain their results long term. So that's what we're going to dive in today. I hope hope it's going to be a short episode. <laughs> I can talk sometimes, can't I? But what we're going to look at is we're going to look at like, what does maintenance of results mean? What you could expect to maintain or what your guidelines of maintaining would be, how to actually do this successfully, and then just what to think about in terms of your future progress. Okay. So let's start with what does maintenance of a fat loss result mean? Okay, so does it mean that you are going to and everyone goes towards this is like maintain my scale weight perfectly, right? Or maybe it's maintain a waist centimeter or maintain body fat levels overall. These are actually all different things, all three of those things. So what does it mean? What can we expect? So when I think about someone being able to maintain the result they achieved in a fat loss phase, and we've got to really talk about this in the sense of like a healthy fat loss phase. So a person hasn't gotten to a level where their body fat is at an unhealthy level and they need to gain body fat back to regulate hormones and their health. Not talking about that. Talking about a fat loss phase where the person is in good health and they don't need to regain any body fat. Okay, what does it mean? So first of all, it doesn't mean that your scale weight is not going to increase. And why is this? It's because what we're trying to do when we reverse or get out of a fat loss phase is potentially slowly or quickly, it really depends on the person, increase their intake up to what would be their anticipated maintenance intake for their current body weight. Which, if you've done a successful fat loss phase, for a lot of people, it does mean that they have lost a little bit of scale or maybe a lot of scale weight and their new anticipated maintenance will be different than when they first started and were heavier because a lot of our total daily energy expenditure is actually related to our weight, okay? 
So that being said, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't necessarily gain scale weight. Why? Because in this increase in calories, if you're doing it intelligently, it's going to typically for most people, and again, this isn't individual dietary advice for you, but typically for most people, it's going to mean we're going to either slowly or quickly increase a person's carbohydrate to give them those extra calories to get them back up to a maintenance intake. And that maintenance is set out their new current low body weight, okay? So theoretically, it they should be able to maintain their current body weight on those calories. We have to remember, though, that for every gram of carbohydrate we consume, we are also going to retain about three to four grams of water. So if we give someone an extra 25 grams of carbs, an extra 50 grams of carbs, an extra 100 grams of carbs to take them up to their new anticipated maintenance, that is going to come with times it by three or four extra um, grams of water. So there is going to be some increase in scale weight. You look at that over, say, you know, two, three, four weeks. We're also mostly I'm going to assume that you're going to be in the gym training. We're also going to have an increased amount of carbohydrates stored in the muscle. Okay. So again, with that extra stored carbohydrate, we're storing extra water. Okay. So you have to think about it like that. The, 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 the place that a lot of people get tripped up on is seeing any scale weight fluctuation down, up, whatever, as purely being related to body fats. This gets people in so much hot water Typically, most of the fluctuation you're going to see in your scale weight is actually due to water fluctuations for lots of different reasons, hormonal reasons, dehydration reasons, um, that like the glycogen storage reasons that we were speaking about before. Okay. There's so, you know, did I say hydration? I think I did. There are just so many different reasons, uh, sodium, (laughs) right? There are so many different reasons why we might see fluxes in water, but the majority of the time, what we're seeing on the scale has very little to do with body fat and actually mostly to do with water. Okay. And this is why it's really important. If we are using our scale weight as a metric, we need to look at the metric from the bigger picture of like, what else is this person doing? Are they wage training? What does their lifestyle look like? Okay. But what's happening in terms of trends over time, the trends over time in context of something like waist measurements and photos and listening or having information about their training performance is going to help us say, hmm, some of this might be body fat either lost or gained, but we need that within the context of all of those other things that I mentioned and over long periods of time to actually make that guess. And we can never really, really know. Uh, I probably won't get into like those in-body scanners or whatever now because they're not entirely accurate and depending on your protocols before and then how these scanners, what's the word, uh, are calibrated, how the scanners were calibrated, they can be way fucking out and it really grinds my gears when people are saying things like, oh, I gained three pounds of, you know, three kilos of muscle. This is what this in-body scanner tells me. Number one, they're not very accurate, okay? But number two, it's never able to tell you muscle it can the most it can do is give you a an estimate of lean body mass and lean body mass is not muscle mass okay it can be muscle mass makes up parts of lean body mass but lean body mass is everything that's not fat water blood bone all of that your organs okay so it's not just muscle mass. So it really is frustrating when people say, oh, I've gained three kilos of muscle and that's what this scan told me. No, it says you've gained three kilos of lean body mass. And like I said before, depending on the protocols, you could have different readings depending on your hydration levels and depending on your um, glycogen levels as well, like your food intake. Okay. So they're just not that accurate. 
To be really fair, the best way to gauge someone's body composition is continuing to do photos first in the morning in natural light or video footage of a person's physique uh, first in the morning in natural light. You'll see the changes to a physique, whether it's getting leaner or heavier over time. And we have to remember as well with females and menstrual cycle, we're going to see pretty big fluxes for some people in terms of water retention. Uh, we, ha- we get basically like two good weeks out of the month and we get two weeks where we're retaining quite a bit of water. Uh, and the photos or videos over time and understanding what a woman looks like in the first week of her cycle versus the second versus the third versus the fourth and then comparing them month to month to month over time is going to help us see uh, what's really happening and I say that because if you look at say a woman in week one of her cycle where typically she's going to be retaining the least water versus week four of her cycle when she is going to be retaining the most water just say she started a deficit phase in week one And then we're taking photos and she's been like perfect. We've gone in an aggressive deficit, whatever. Then we take photos in week four. We may actually think that she looks bigger in week four, okay, because of the water retention. But having all of that previous data from week one to week four, having the data of how she's shown up and how she's trained, how she's slept, what she's eaten, and when her cycle is as well, we can pretty much say with confidence, these are week four photos. We know they're going to be distorted because of the weight fluctuation. They're still really helpful because we can see what week four looks like now. And then next month, when you're in your eighth week of your fat loss phase, we can compare both weeks, both fourth weeks, right? But we know the the photos in the following week at the end of week one, she's probably going to look the leanest, okay? So we know all this data, okay? And it can really help put all of this into perspective, all right? So the first thing I just wanted you to understand is in terms of maintenance of results, it doesn't typically mean weight maintenance of scale weight because of this extra extra carbohydrates that we're consuming, okay? And then the impact of that and the impact on um, your scale weight over time, all right? So the other thing that I wanted to talk about as well is what happens when people see these results, okay? So when people are in, say, you know, their fourth or fifth week of maintenance and they see that the scale has gone up half a kilo or maybe a kilo, you know, it won't be crazy amounts. If we're truly at maintenance and we're um, looking at the feedback, it won't be crazy, crazy amounts, okay? But just say it's gone up half a kilo, a kilo, whatever, in the first few weeks, they get very disappointed and they make two mistakes or one of two mistakes. They either go back into a deficit, which is not what the plan was. And if we keep doing this, this is weight cycling, this is yo-yo dieting and you're just going to further and further disrupt your metabolism and metabolisms never get damaged but they're very adaptive okay and if you spend too long being in a deficit your metabolic rate will adapt and downregulate. it's fine it's just keeping you alive okay and it's it's look it sounds like the end of the world and it can take it can take a long time to reverse. It's never damaged, so don't I don't want anyone to think that that's the case, but it can take a long time to adapt back up, okay? Because it just gets used to running on it's like a Prius or whatever, you know, it gets really efficient and we don't want to be efficient. We don't want to be efficient. We want to be able to eat plenty and um, guzzle through all that energy, right? That's a much better place to be. 
The other issue we have when we're constantly in a deficit is we keep getting at risk of burning through our muscle mass. And that will have an impact on our metabolic rate, right? Lean body mass does have an impact on metabolic rate. It's not that much, but it is something, okay? Uh, And also, this is what people don't think about, but especially in pictures, unfortunately, people who constantly diet and potentially constantly diet and don't consistently weight train, all we see is a reduction in muscle mass and an increase in body fat. And this is where some people can get really, really upset in their physique is because because they often call themselves something like skinny fat. And it's where what's actually happening is we might be getting lighter on the scale, okay, through loss of muscle mass. Our body fat might be increasing If we're losing muscle mass and we're gaining or maintaining the same amount of um, fat mass, we're actually reducing our percentage body fat, okay? So our percentage body fat will go up and down depending on how much muscle muscle mass we have as well, yeah? So you can have the same amount of body fat. So say if you have like, I don't know, 15 kilos of body fat on you, right? But if you start to increase your muscle mass over time, you're going to look leaner and your body fat percentage is going to decrease, even though you are maintaining the same amount of body fat. Why is this? Well, when we're looking at percentages of overall body mass, if your lean body mass creeps up, this means your fat mass as a percentage is creeping down, okay? Because, you know, 100% is our body mass and we're looking at the um, the playoff between fat mass and muscle mass, okay? And this is definitely where, um, you know, people can start to weigh more, like kilos and kilos more, but be super, super lean is because they're increasing their their lean body mass or their muscle mass not their fat mass. Okay. So all of this matters. And if you exit early, if you kind, it's kind of like taking your money out of the stock market during something like now where everything is down to be fair. I mean, look, I don't want to be rude, but it's, if you don't need to use the money right now, it's kind of dumb because you'll be getting out at the worst point possible. This is what happens when people are three to four weeks into a reverse diet or a maintenance period after a deficit and they freak out and they go back into a deficit. It's the same thing as taking your money out of the stock market way too early. You've just lost. You've completely lost. Okay. And like I said, it's because of this playoff between body fat and muscle mass. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to downregulate your metabolism. We don't want to continually burn through your muscle mass. That's the opposite of what we're trying to do with physique. Okay. So with that being said, I think I also forgot to say we might actually see your waist measurement go up like maybe a centimeter or two. It shouldn't go up too much, but we might also see that again, just with a little bit of water retention too. Okay. But as you can hear from all of that, what does maintenance of results mean? It doesn't mean that your scale weight will stay the same. And it doesn't mean that the waist measurement will stay the same. It does mean they'll stay pretty close. Let's be real. It does mean they'll stay pretty close. So again, this really depends on how much you weigh, you know, because I could be talking to people all the way from like 45 kilos to, I don't know, 150 kilos. You could be listening to this podcast somewhere between 45 and 150 kilos. Like who knows, right? Most people will fit somewhere in between there. And it's always going to be a percentage of um, body fat increases and all those sorts of things. Like it's hard for me to give out actual numbers, but I would be hazarding, hazard, hazard, 
I can't even say that word. I would be saying it would be somewhere between, if you're down the lower end of that body weight um, amount, somewhere between one to two kilos max. If you're up towards the, you know, around the hundreds-ish into the hundreds, maybe you'd be looking at a few kilos, okay, that you, you would be going up. But somewhere within there, you know, we're not gaining like tens of kilos, okay? That's where that's where things have gone wrong, okay? So just I just want you to think about that. Maintenance of results doesn't necessarily mean scale weight maintenance or a waist centimeter maintenance. What I would like it to mean is body fat percentage maintenance, that your body fat percent doesn't go up. That's what I would that's what I would say maintenance of results means, okay? We're not looking at water fluctuations or anything like that. That is what it is, but in terms of your body fat percent, that's not going to go up, okay? And this is the next point I wanted to get to with the maintenance phase is once we're getting in the main, so we're in the maintenance phase now, we're talking about how to transition out of the deficit and into the maintenance phase. We're thinking of this is the stage where we are going to be able to maximize our performance. And if we can maximize our performance, we're going to be able to maximize or improve the amount of muscle that we can build as compared to a deficit phase. So we know that Building muscle is an energetically expensive process. It costs a lot of energy to do so. So this is why sometimes a surplus can be really useful. Uh, a lot of people are intimidated by doing a surplus just because of the um, the likelihood that we will gain some body fat in a surplus. Yes, we will. But we can also gain muscle mass in a maintenance phase. Will it be as efficient as being in a surplus? No, but absolutely we can build muscle in a maintenance phase, okay? So the way we should be looking at a maintenance phase is this is the time, this is prime time to improve our physique in the maintenance phase. In a deficit phase, we're not able to do that because we have a lack of resources in terms of a lack of energy coming in. We will be able to lose body fat. Like that's what a deficit is for. Lose body fat, fantastic, amazing. But in a maintenance phase is where we're making those really significant changes to our muscle mass, which if we go back to what I was saying earlier, can actually lead to a decrease in body fat percentage because as a whole of you, you're you're increasing your Muscle mass, your lean body mass is increasing, okay? So it actually brings down your body fat percentage and you can look leaner with that extra added muscle mass, all right? So just have a think about that. It's really important. Now, how do we actually go about transitioning out of a deficit phase? So you've got to think of what your goals are. You've got to think about how significant or aggressive the deficit phase was okay so typically for lifestyle clients it won't be that aggressive sometimes it could be but it really depends on where the person was how lean they got as to the response that we're going to do post deficit okay so there are lots of arguments about what should you do should you do a conservative reverse or should you go straight back to maintenance calories again i can't offer personalized advice in a podcast setting where I don't have you in front of me. Typically for most people, the answer is probably going to be either get straight back into maintenance the very week after your deficit um, finishes, especially for someone like me, who's a really small human, it's never that much um, increase in food anyway. Uh, or you could do something like a really con- like a really short reverse. So maybe like a one or two week 
bump up to anticipated maintenance. Then you've just got to check your data and see what's happening, okay? You have to um, track everything to make sure that you haven't overestimated because again, if we're using calculators, you're not a calculator, you're not a robot. We have to take um, data and just see what's happening. So sometimes I might go really conservative if I can see someone's scale weight and waist centimeters are increasing a little bit. Uh, we'll just put the you know the brakes on giving them more and more food over time and just let things stabilize first before we do that. But you have to think about like, what's my plan? Am I going to go straight back to maintenance the very next week? Am I going to do it over a couple of weeks or three weeks or something like that? I wouldn't really wouldn't really advise taking too much longer than like three or four weeks to get someone back to their anticipated maintenance. It's just not really any point. Um, And typically the leaner someone is, the more likely that you want to get back to their anticipated maintenance faster. And again, it may not be that much food anyway. Okay. So just have a think about that, how you want to go about doing that. But once we get out of the deficit, we need to have a plan of like, what are you going to do? And also when we look at people who are successful in terms of being able to maintain the results, they are maintaining the lifestyle that they lived in the deficit. The only thing that's changing is they're getting that little bit more food. They're still doing all of their sessions. Most of the time, they're still doing their amount of steps. We might start to taper them back down. Uh, They're still eating really, really similar foods. Again, we've just increased Pretty much it's for most people, it's going to be just increasing carbohydrates, okay? And I was just talking to one of my clients before and I was saying, you know, what would you say were the most important things? And for her, it was like having a goal, um, having a reason and really looking at your maintenance phase as a chance to improve your performance, but also like just eat the same stuff, uh, just imp- increase the amounts. And this definitely brings me to one of the most important points of physique when we're really trying to get physique improvements or even performance, honestly. It's we have to start with creating a lifestyle that we really like. If you really like it, you're going to be able to sustain it even through the days that you can't be bothered or things are hard because that's just the way you like to live. When we're doing things that we don't enjoy in any way, shape or form, uh, it's going to be harder to be able to sustain them when things are tough. Like when life is, you know, breaking down around you in maybe other areas, it's going to be hard to go to the gym if you fucking hate going to the gym. Yeah, it's just going to feel like a weight over your shoulders. But if you really like it, it might actually feel like your time, you know, your me time, and you might really look forward to it. But it's the same thing with how we eat. Now, there you'll see on socials and whatever, there are so many fucking bullshit rules about what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. I would say, Make sure you're hitting your micronutrients. Make sure you're hitting your calorie targets and then eat the food that you like to eat, okay? There's, you, you may have seen the food I eat. It's very, very basic, bitch, but it's the food I like to eat. It's the food I can eat in day in, day out, whatever. And like, yeah, okay, like I get takeaway. I get fun stuff for sure, but the majority of my diet is made up with pretty boring staples that I know hit my targets, my micronutrient targets too. And that way it just makes all of these processes so much easier, okay? It's like, All we're doing when we're getting out of a deficit is potentially just, you know, increasing our carbohydrates. So maybe you start having cereal, maybe you start having more pieces of fruit, maybe you increase the amount of rice or oats you have. And that's the only thing that changes. If that's the only thing that changes, it's going to be just so much easier for you to continue to show up and do the things you were doing in the deficit that got you the results just with that tiny little bit of extra food. And that's really what it is. We shouldn't be seeing these massive swings in lifestyle changes between phases. So how to transition out of a deficit and do it well is make sure you've created a lifestyle and it's okay if you create the lifestyle in the deficit. So I used to be a coach or a trainer who would say things like, you know, you have to earn the right to diet. And I 
I only believe that to an extent because sometimes it's the very first diet that someone's done where, or maybe it's the first time they've enlisted a coach where a switch just flicks and they create an awesome lifestyle that they love in the deficit, having never done that before. And then they can maintain that afterwards as well. Sometimes it's just the thing that it's just the switch that flicks for some people and it works. So it's like what I would like to see before taking someone into a deficit is minimum of like two weeks at maintenance living this lifestyle. Then we pull carbs down a little bit. Typically, again, for most people, this is what's going to happen in a deficit phase. Um, they continue living that lifestyle. They're loving it. As we get out, it's the same thing. We just add a little bit more carbohydrate in. Nothing else changes. They're still going to the gym. They're still doing their activity. They're still doing their same recovery routines and sleep schedules and all those sorts of things. And they're able to maintain their results. One of the things that can get in people's way is social occasions. So what I've seen some people do is vow that they're not going to go out at all for you know three months or four months of a deficit. And then as soon as the deficit's finished, they're so craving socializing that they spend the next four to six weeks on a bender. You're just going to fuck yourself right up. Don't do that. If you are someone who likes to socialize, figure out how to keep it in your deficit. And I have conversations with some of my clients about like, how do we have, uh, you know, some alcohol throughout a deficit and be able to maximize our results? And no word of a lie, it's going to help if we can reduce or eliminate that, not only in the deficit, but to be real, completely, completely in your life, right? And it's not saying don't drink, don't ever drink, but it is saying become a responsible drinker. And I mean, I don't, I hope I don't have to talk about not getting completely blind and the serious health ramifications of drinking more than, I think for women, it's four standard drinks in one sitting. It's, it's no good for you at all, right? I don't have to say that, but in terms of body composition, in terms of recovery, in terms of muscle growth and, and, you know, showing up to your sessions and all of those sorts of things, it's just not going to benefit you. And it becomes so much easier when you stop identifying as someone who drinks a lot and parties a lot. And you start identifying as someone who doesn't really care for that because that means you can still go out and you can still socialize, but there's no feeling of pressure or like you're fighting up against something by saying no to that six strength. It's just, I don't do that. Um, so you can still go out and still hang out with your friends, but we don't have this pressure of alcohol over us, okay? So that's something to think about. The other thing to think about is definitely long-term physique planning. So sometimes with maintenance phases, I can see that people get a little bit bored and that's fair enough, like totally fair enough. But it's like, what other goals can we add into the mix to just keep things fun? Because most of us do want to train for more than just looks okay we we're actually training for you know preservation of bone density as we get older especially as females the risk of um, fractures from falls and stuff and then osteoporosis is pretty high so there is that sort of non-sexy advantage to weight training but also being functional also how it makes us feel all of those things but it can be fun to have goals okay so I would set something like targets in terms of specific lifts and the weights you wanted to achieve in terms of those Um, I would would even make sure you are treating yourself in terms of, you know, if you do a full block without missing a session, something like giving yourself a reward, maybe it's like a movie night or a spa night or just something that you wouldn't usually do for those sorts of things can be really, really lovely to treat yourself. You know, it's like hitting KPIs at work, right? You might get a bonus 
or you might get a lunch out or something like that. Do the same with your lifting and you can really celebrate your ability to show up day in, day out and get the job done. Okay. But it, it doesn't have to be for, you know, getting all your sessions done. It could be for hitting us, you know, I got to a hundred kilo deadlift. I'm going to take my myself out for a movie date or a spa date or, you know, go out with your friends or something like that. I definitely recommend setting those mini goals. Maybe it's like the glam body photo shoot you wanted to do, or maybe it's a novice powerlifting meet. Uh, it could be anything, whatever you wanted to, wanted to work towards definitely having some goals and things that you want to um, that you want to meet throughout these maintenance phases because a maintenance phase should take up the majority of your life right we want to be minimize the amount of time we need to spend in a deficit we also want to minimize the amount of time we need to spend in a surplus just because of our thinking about our cardiovascular health okay like it's not that great to be um, in times where we're stressing out our heart and gaining extra body weight that we don't need like even as you know some people talk about how bmi should go in the bin and it's like potentially to an extent it's not used well but at the same time we have to think about our heart's ability to function with a you know heavier than than we um could be in terms of in, in terms of our health and it does place stress on the heart the heavier we are does place more stress on the heart to an extent yeah um like being really light and underweight is no good for our heart health either but it's the same up the other end of the scale and you have to think about, you know, we have seen a lot of recent deaths and it could be for so many different reasons in the male bodybuilding world. But you have to think of the, even though those guys are very, very lean, they don't have much body fat. They have still a lot of body mass and that is a stressor. It's a stressor on our cardiovascular system. Okay. So you've got to think about that. Um, so where do we want to spend most of our time for health? Well, it's being at a healthy body fat level and it is being at maintenance where we're just chilling, you know. Our body is just in a, the, the least stressed state when we're in that state, okay? Um, so, so think about how can you make that a bit more fun for yourself. So for someone like me, I'm doing a competition next year. I've done powerlifting before to, have, to make things fun. I've done photo shoots, but also setting goals in terms of wanting to get specific numbers on specific lifts has been really fun for me too, you know? Or you could even set something outside of lifting, it could be maybe something like, you know, a marathon or, you know, a 10K or something even not related to it. But, you know, going into the gym and doing your work is going to assist with those goals in some way, right? Something like that, okay? So I hope that helped you with how to transition out of a deficit phase. What's important, the fact that we have to continue with almost everything that we were doing, the only difference in our mind should be that we just get a little bit more food, right? That's really it. Our whole lifestyle needs to stay really, really similar um, outside of a deficit phase in terms in, in, uh, to help us maintain our results, right? We have to live the same lifestyle overall um, that brought us those results, okay? All you're thinking about is a little bit more food, and then, of course, bring your potentially bringing your energy expenditure down a little bit, especially if you got up to um, a point that it's hard to maintain with life and all of those sorts of things. You can bring that down a little bit over time, all right? But I mean, if you want to keep it the same amount that it was in the deficit, that's fine. It just means you get to eat more food, right? Okay, because we're always thinking about energy balance. But I hope that episode helped you. I hope that it helped you understand that throwing in the towel in, the, in you know three to four weeks after you've gotten out of your deficit is the worst time to do it. Also understanding what does maintenance of results means. 
And it means in terms of your body fat levels, that that's what we want to maintain more so rather than anything specific like a scale weight or a waist centimeter, which can or is fluctuating fluctuating mostly due to water, okay, what we're really wanting to maintain is the new body fat that you've, um, you've achieved in the deficit, okay, which is very different to water or scale weight, okay? So just keeping those things in mind. Now, if you've listened to this and either you want help getting into a deficit, getting out of deficit, nailing a maintenance phase, I currently have places open for the Glam Body Program, which is my online coaching program. So I primarily coach women in terms of their physique and strength goals, not for competitive pursuits, though, for lifestyle clients. So if you would love to work with me, shoot me through a DM at the underscore female physique hub and I will be able to help you out there. Otherwise, I'll speak to you next week.